0: The pandemic has created a new normal that's also given rise to new marketing practices. Has your planning pivoted yet? Hello, and welcome to Marketing to Complex Industries presented by Godfrey, a B2B marketing agency for industries like yours. On each episode, we feature conversations about the latest challenges, strategies and technologies for B2B marketers. My guest today is Stacy Weisel. Stacy serves as Godfrey's president and also oversees the channels and operations side of the agency. Her background in research and media is a key driver for ensuring Godfrey implements audience focused programs. Join us today as we chat about those recent shifts in B2B marketing and share some tips and insight on how to plan marketing during uncertain times. At the beginning of the new year, you're not going to want to miss this. Good morning, Stacy, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Scott. It's great to be here. It's good to have you. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. And I think I think the big thing is, um, as we look to the new year, I think that there's a, there's a lot of confidence and optimism about where things are headed. Uh, and it, even though it's sort of an arbitrary thing, but it is uh, you know there, there are fiscal years that we plan, uh, there are content calendars and all kinds of things. I'm I'm sensing that people are feeling optimistic and looking forward to some new opportunities.
1: I agree. I think optimism is the right word. Hope is another word that comes to mind. I think when we all started twenty twenty, we thought it was going to be. Everyone thought it was going to be a great year, uh, especially for B two B marketers. And you know, March changed all that. So as we move into twenty twenty one, there's enthusiasm and there's optimism, and that that's great to see.
0: It, as you look back on twenty twenty, you look back on these these challenges. Um, I mean, it truly was remarkable. That we all had to make these shifts together, uh, as a as as a society, as a market. What do you see as the most substantial shift in B two B marketing, uh, specifically?
1: Well, uh, I think we saw many B two B marketers in the past that were, you know, slowly dipping their toe in the water when it came to shifting their marketing efforts to to more of a digital uh, mindset. Uh, some companies were faster adopters than others, uh, but when the you know, pandemic really hit and things changed, we saw some folks just go from dipping their toe in the water to doing a full-on cannonball. Like They had to make that shift. Um, the live events, the trade shows, the in-person selling was no longer going to be an option. So really that accelerated. Um, there, was, there was no um, tiptoeing around it. The adoption of shifting to digital. So we saw digital tactics like social, search, and digital advertising fully embraced and, you know, more budget put there, more effort put there, and more learning towards, you know, what makes a good social strategy? Uh, what can we do to b- boost our, our search engine optimization efforts? Um, and even, you know, the good old email was revisited. Um, so it really was a year where folks embraced what was already happening, but just embraced it a lot more quickly.
0: We had talked the other day about the, uh, the, the ANA word of the year, uh, which I I think there's no year like 2020 for, for the, the pressure to choose one word, but also uh, you kind of the idea that it's going to resonate with everybody because we really are galvanized by the situation.
1: Right. Yeah. The ANA word of the year, they come out with a, a, a word of the year. And I think in 2020 it was, um, or 2019 it was personalization. Uh, this year was pivot. And, and that's what we saw as an agency. Our team members pivot quickly. We saw our clients, you know, make those shifts. So I think that was a, a pretty appropriate word. And it's definitely one that um, people use a lot more as, you know, pivot, shift, adjust, adapt, all of that kind of language around the, the mindset and the the behavior that just had to happen
0: i i'm getting a mental image um a, a, a meme of ross geller uh holding a couch on the stairs as well uh from friends if you remember that scene i do i, <laughs> Let's see. I think a lot of people will Yeah, it uh, <laughs> so with, with all that and and with um we, we did a lot of efforts as an agency to stay in touch and to really check in on our clients, talk to them about the challenges that they were having. Um, I think that I've personally felt closer to a lot of my client contacts this year than I have in years past. Um, and that's despite, uh, you know, not a lot of in-person meetings. Have you gotten a sense uh, for how B2B marketers as a whole are feeling about the year ahead?
1: Oh, I think it varies across the board. And I would agree with your your statement about, you know, you know, feeling a little bit more close to, to folks because you're you're getting a glimpse into their, their personal life. Everyone's at home and, and you can't avoid having the, the kid pop into the Zoom call or the the dog barking. It's just that's that is reality. And so it did make people feel in a weird way, a little bit more closer and a little bit more, um, view into what really happens in, in folks day to day's lives. Um, so in terms of how folks are feeling about the year ahead, um, like I said, it, it varies, um, especially for B2B marketers by industry, for some industries they have been, you know, hit pretty hard by this pandemic and the economy. So it may take another 18 to 24 months for them to fully recover. Uh, for other companies, they've seen a year where they've had record growth. So they're going into 2021 really optimistic and, and you know, with some tailwinds behind them. So uh, I think it really does vary. Uh, there was a study that we were uh, looking at the other day that Deloitte did. Um, they interviewed some CMOs and they found out that B2B companies were reporting much higher levels of optimism than B2C companies. Um, Is probably not surprising uh, in some industries, but they, they also noted that marketers are more optimistic about their own organizations versus the overall economy. Um, so I think things are looking pretty good for B2B marketers as we head into the year. Um, you know, I think it's cautiously optimistic. The the vaccine rollout has everyone hoping that at least the second half of 2021 will, will start to, to get us back to um, a normalcy that we're used to. So, as I said, cautiously optimistic and uh, there are still products that need to be launched. Um, there are different ways they're going to launch those products. They're not going to be doing what they used to do, which is we have a trade show and then build their marketing plan around it. Um, they've really found other ways to, to get those product launches out there. Um, for those that have kept their budgets intact or only scaled back marginally, they're going to be much, in a much better place to take advantage of uh, things in 2021. Um, and, you know, like everyone else, uh, internal marketing teams are really looking forward to being able to be back together in person. Um, as you know, they've collaborated collaborated virtually, um, it's, it's so much better when you can have that back and forth in person. And, and hopefully the second half of 2021 will allow us to do that. I've been amazed at how our teams have been able um, to do that, but there's, there's nothing better than just you know sitting down and having a one-to-one chat with somebody in person.
0: I, I would agree with you. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of emotion around that because people have, have truly missed one another. Um, we've missed the, uh, the the kinds of holiday celebrations or uh, just sort of the seasonal changes that occur, the things that that happen. Uh, I know within our own culture at Godfrey and, and also with our, our businesses uh, that we work with. What do you what do you think? Uh, How soon do you think things are going to get back to normal or will they really fully get back to what we have always, always known in the past?
1: Can't answer the first question. I'll sound like everyone else that gets interviewed on the national news, you know, only time will tell, but I, I don't think we're going to go back uh, fully in terms of how we work to the way things were. Um, There is, you know, a case to be made for how things can be done and, um, and be, really good for for team members to work at home and, and work remotely so it opens up a whole you know new realm of possibilities in terms of how we can make things work for you know both employers and and, and
0: employees i've i've felt that shift and i'm excited about it because it does give us it, it has shown everyone um, how i'm not going to say how easy it is but how accessible it is to uh, diversify your workforce uh, geographically um, and and to uh, give people opportunities to create a different level of work-life balance and that sort of thing. And I think that if we are smarter that, about that moving forward, I think it's going to uh, give us some very healthy options for uh, what the next phase of national and international business is going to look like. But as we look into the next six, nine, 12 months, there is some uncertainty that goes with all that as well. There's uncertainty in the market. I mean, we we have some some things to be optimistic about, but we also have learned that we don't know what next month is going to look like. We can't bank on that the way that we used to. So as B2B marketers are trying to plan out their year, what advice would you have to them about what to consider how to get started, uh, and how they need to shift.
1: Well, I think it all starts with truly understanding where your customer is and what's in your customer's head and what they're going through. Like that, that is of utmost importance because it it does change and it changes pretty regularly. So, um, start out. Make sure if you haven't, you know, done any kind of customer research. Um, if you haven't gotten some feedback from your sales team in terms of what they're hearing from customers, that's that's the first place to start for sure. Uh, we know that, um, you know, folks were self-educating in terms of getting up to speed when they were looking for a solution or a product that was happening prior to 2020. Um, so the need to provide your customers and prospects with a frictionless um, user experience, making sure that they have easy access to the information when they need it um, is critical. Um, You need to make sure that you have resources that help at every stage of the buying cycle, you know, from early awareness when folks are just trying to get a handle on what their problem might be and what could fix it um, to, you know, having very detailed specs and even pricing available online. So another area that I would say is important for B2B marketers to look at is to have a method, to be able to answer questions quickly online. So whether you're using an AI-enabled chatbot, some folks have good things to say about that, others don't really care for them. So whether it's a technology like that or making sure that your customer support team is available or your sales team is available by email or phone very easily, um, that is another good place to start. Um, What else can I give in terms of advice here? Uh, customers are definitely doing more research online. Um, even before, you know, COVID hit, there was research that showed B two B companies who focused on digital transformation usually had, you know, better returns in terms of shareholder value or, or revenue growth. Uh, McKinsey put a study out like that um, pretty recently. So there's this constant and um, continuous. Um, access to technology that folks are used to in their normal day-to-day consumer lives uh, that they expect um, to have when they're, you know, purchasing on behalf of a business.
0: So as marketers are looking at various uh, streams of data, ways to get it, uh, you know, through through some some larger digital means, but as as well as through some smaller, like anecdotal, you know, what we would call small data. Uh, what do you see as as the balance there in really understanding the human side of the business versus larger trends?
1: You absolutely need both. Um, you know, your big data, your website analytics can provide you um, a good foundation for what folks may be looking for, uh, what what content is really important to them. But when it comes to overall, messaging and um, how folks are feeling that's where your small data is going to come in you've got to stay in touch with your customers and get that kind of qualitative feedback um, on a regular basis you pair that with your quantitative data uh, and you're going to have a much better well-rounded picture and when it comes to data the, the thing to think about in 2021 is that Uh, If you don't have a lot of first-party data, if you don't have that information on your customers that you own, you better start to get it. Um, Part of that is because Google Chrome is going to be ending their support of third-party cookies in 2021. Um, We know that Apple Safari browser and Firefox browser have already stopped uh, using third-party cookies. So marketers really need to shift their reliance from that third-party data to really building out first party data. And, you know, we see that we have quite a few um, clients that have um, a CRM or a marketing automation platform, uh, but they aren't truly tapping into the power uh, of using a tool like that. So I think 2021 is going to be the year where B2B marketers really embrace um, these tools just by sheer nature of the evolving privacy regulations around third party data. It's going to kind of force them start using them and and i would say these technologies can seem a little overwhelming at first and to your point it is just um, some big data that gets put in there but when you when you embrace the fullest potential these technologies have they can improve the overall customer experience um, because you have that 360 view well
0: there's a point in almost every podcast where i end up saying that's the point at which maybe you need to talk to an agency, right? It's, it's always sort of the shameless plug, but I do think that that's where, um, a a larger group of people who focus on just this stuff all the time can help marketers who have, uh, we all have a, 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 different, uh, different set of cocktail of experiences and, and specialties. Uh, so if you go, if you go work with an agency, a lot of times they can kind of demystify some of that stuff, because it does sound very complex to some people. Um, it, I, and I do think it can be overwhelming.
1: Absolutely. And, and the other part of it is, too, is the the buy-in that B2B organizations have to get across the board. It's just not the marketing team, right? You need your sales team to embrace this. You may need your product managers to understand it. Um, and so it, it is, it's a lot to tackle. Um, but, you know, folks should be thinking about Putting the same effort that they would put into trade shows into these types of technologies because they're going to need them.
0: I've I've seen some trends uh, with with a few different folks I've talked with about uh, you know marketing and sales actually working together better in this environment than I've seen them in the past decade, and that's been fascinating to me because I feel like that relationship between sales and marketing is vital to really getting a lot done and really um, you know pushing, pushing sales, pushing positive outcomes, you know, through the efforts of, of both of those entities. Um, Do you have any recommendations for marketers on how to better integrate with sales? Because I do think that's something that we're going to need to continue to lean into.
1: Well, that's a million dollar question, because I think it's something that this industry has struggled with for a long time. But, you know, this past year, marketing became an invaluable partner for many sales teams. Um, these sales teams were you know, stuck at home and they had to figure out a way to get in front of customers um, and marketing, you know, in most cases was there for them, helping them to uh, redo their sales presentations to make sure that they you know, presented well virtually, making sure that they had all the right information that they could send to customers. So, you know, again, it's just it's about communication and making sure that you are, are talking with your sales team, finding out what their needs are um and not just catering to them but you know working together collaboratively to, to bring together um tools and solutions that, that in the end is going to help the customer
0: how about you know, the marketers that we especially work with and and by that i mean uh we've got marketers with multiple audiences across multiple channels um we are living in a very complex time and there's there's more uh there there's there's more I think, pressure on every one of those channels to absolutely be optimized. What kinds of starting points, uh, do, well, do you have any starting points as they review their customer experience online?
1: Well, I mean, you've got to, to start with this mindset shift, first of all, that um, it is no longer a set it and forget it type of program. It, you really have to start to think about things in a more um, agile way. You know, we're going to be talking to uh, clients about long-term planning in a bit of a different way. So strategic planning is still important, um, but marketers should really have alternative contingency plans ready. Uh, They need to think about the different scenarios that could unfold and just be prepared to adjust the plans accordingly. Um, Build in experimentation in 2021. Um, This is the time to see what you can learn. And and learn from it quickly, uh, so that you can keep doing what works, but adjust when things are not successful. And again, this is where your data comes in. We have we have some clients that have their conversion tracking down to a science, and they know exactly what they want to spend to make a conversion happen. But for others, you know, this is the more um, common scenario: is it's a lot harder. Uh, to be able to track those conversions, those real hard conversions, because a final sale isn't done online and it can take a really long time, you know, years to secure a solid um, lead that, that turns into a sale. Those are a few uh, things that I would, would say, think about. Another area is, you know, as trade shows are not coming back anytime soon, what are you doing to make sure that you, when you are in front of customers, when you are doing something virtually, um, what are you doing to make sure that it is engaging and it is a valuable time investment for somebody? And I know, you know, you had done, I think, a podcast on that earlier, Scott, um, and talked about some some opportunities there.
0: Yeah, we've actually we've, we've done a number of uh, of shows and had a number of of internal meetings about virtual presentations and what the uh, what the new opportunities are that we have, how we can better leverage uh, existing technologies and new technologies. Um, that's really fascinating. And I I think it's also where that experimentation comes in also, uh, because you can find a variety of different ways to meet people that they themselves are not expecting. So it does create this, this new environment where we can leverage things. And I'm, I'm surprised often at how affordable it is to do that level of experimentation, um, and to try some of those new things because there is, an expectation of a certain casual quality to the way that we're going to present. So anything that you can do to be a little different is typically met with a smile and is, is met with some, some solid engagement.
1: Definitely. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, top of the line production, but I'm amazed sometimes where I've attended um, a webinar, a, a zoom meeting, a presentation where folks really aren't even looking directly at the camera and they're, they've got, you know, you can tell they're distracted and they've got other things going on. But I think as a presenter, you should be making sure that you are kind of still talking directly to your audience and, um, you know, making that the key part. Um, Somebody's spending their time, they wanna hear what you have to say, they're looking for some information and, um, you know, make that the priority when you're presenting. That's, That's one little small piece of advice I can give based on some experience that I've seen.
0: Yeah, a couple of the virtual talks we've given, I've uh, I've I've learned how to fixate on that little green light uh, and really, really do it because I'm realizing that on the other end, that equals eye contact. Um, And it's it's difficult because you want to have the eye contact. and, And if you if you do that for yourself, you're actually looking down at the screen a little bit. And so you're you're not actually making that eye contact with the audience. Um, but it's, it's, it's little bits of understanding like that, that, that make, make a huge difference. And I, I think and we can also look at simple things like lighting. And, and so often it's even, uh, where your, your computer is positioned in relation to a window, um, that can make a huge difference. You know, there's, there's a lot of those little presentation tips and that kind of thing that are easy to get acquainted with.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're presenting to, uh, you know, a one-to-one or even a larger audience virtually, you want to make them feel as much as you can. Like the feeling you get when you're in person is that they, they know that you're there. They acknowledge that you're there and it's kind of a back and forth conversation versus um, somebody that's just, you know, reading from a script and not even looking at the camera. Uh, It can make a difference.
0: I think there's a vulnerability to that um, because in, in order to really come across as, as natural, you have to have that deep understanding of what you're talking about. Um, maybe maybe some phrases and some talking points that you know you can land on, but also just the ability to sound natural and to sound um, conversational. People really are looking for that because we miss that connection so much in, in our typical day-to-day lives at this point. Definitely. Uh, shifting to to the money aspect, you know, uh, talking about budgets. I mean, everybody is is at that place where they're looking at budgets for next year. Uh, what are they going to spend? What kind of uh, what kind of return do they think they're going to get? What recommendations do you have as companies look at their marketing budgets in particular?
1: Well, it's kind of a, a similar approach to budgets as it is when you talk about planning. Is that you got to be flexible. Um, you know, I would suggest that, you know, I know companies are still setting annual budgets, but, you know, maybe as marketers, you have the ability to think, you know, more in terms of like quarterly, what, what's the focus this quarter? What do we want to put our emphasis on? And then, you know, experiment a little bit, do what, you know, works and measure and adjust as needed. Um, be prepared to, again, pivot and uh, get that budget shifted to things that are actually working. Uh, and hopefully, you know, B2B marketers are seeing 2021 as, you know, more of a shift in a budget versus cutting. Um, you know, you can look back and say, well, we didn't spend all we had intended to spend in 2020 because our trade shows were, were cut. Um, so we're just going to cut the marketing budget altogether. Um, you know, it's kind of a bit self-serving to say this, but that is a bad idea, um, that that gives competitors an opportunity to, you know, stay at the forefront in front of your customers. So just make sure that you're, you know, making the case for why you need to shift the budget, where you're shifting it, and to your point, what the return will be. Um, yeah, so I mean, you can, there's definitely tools that can provide um, insights into what your competitors are doing in terms of what they're spending, where they're spending, what their messaging has been. Um, All of that might be able to help somebody make a case in terms of why they need a certain level of budget.
0: When you you talk about shifting budget to what's working and also, you know, looking at what your competitors are doing, that kind of thing. um, How much would you encourage people to take risks at a time like this? Uh, Risks in terms of, you know, trying something new that there's no precedent for. Um, it feels like, uh, there's, there's this sort of like high risk, high reward kind of relationship there, but there's also the opportunity to fail. Um, and I think that a lot of people are going to be very concerned about that because they are worried about their budget getting cut. Uh, if something doesn't work, what advice would you have for them when they're thinking about how risky they should get in trying something new?
1: Yeah, that is a tough question because not only are they, you know, concerned about their budget, but they may be concerned about their job. We all know that sometimes marketing is the first thing that gets cut, but I feel like 2020 did open the door for doing some bold experimentation because what else are you going to try and do? Um, the tried and true uh, typical trade shows, collateral, um, you know, a landing page here and there um, has been upended. So I would say build in some set budget for experimentation and stick to that. Um, if there's something you've always wanted to try, um, set aside some budget for it, um, make sure you have the the tracking in place to see if it's going to work and give it a go. I mean, there's, if you've never had an Instagram page, maybe now's the time that you wanted to get that launched, uh, get it up there, see what, you know, progress you can make over the course of several months. If it's not working, take it down, no harm. Um, so, you know, I would say I would err on cautious risks that can be measured, um, but build it in Build it in and, and go for
0: it. I love that because uh I, I do think it's it's something that that also uh I don't want to say it keeps us busy, but it keeps us engaged as marketers, right? And I think that there has been um, you know, people get to a certain point, they've they've been with one company for a long time. There's uh, a, a I'm doing quote fingers as a way we've always done it. And uh, and this is an opportunity for people to really think differently, and that's why that's why it excites me. Um, there is there is risk, you know, as as we mentioned, but um, like you said, taking calculated risks, uh, I think, is really smart because you it it gives you the opportunity to be surprised with uh, with successes that you just did not expect. So doing that in a calculated way makes a lot of sense.
1: Right. If you're a market leader, if you're positioning. Is as we're the we're the market leader and we're the innovative leader. Then do something innovative with your marketing. You know, just back up your brand positioning with your marketing efforts.
0: What do you think is the greatest takeaway that you have uh, from this 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 nine months of twenty twenty that were so so fundamentally different?
1: Oh wow! Um, I would say that while at first it seems scary for a lot of us and very overwhelming. um, But I think at the end of the day, when it comes to marketing strategies and marketing tactics, we are much better off than we were um, in terms of being able to reach our customers in the ways that they want to be reached in the ways that will uh, serve us for years to come. So whether it's, you know, truly embracing a social media strategy or, you know, developing videos that aren't highly polished and getting them out there, um, you know, making sure your website has really easy to find content. Uh, I think that's what has uh, been a, you know, a good positive outcome of 2020. Um, And the other thing is just the reaffirmation that um, folks who are B2B marketers are so dedicated to what they do, to their industries, to their craft, that they found ways to keep things going. They adjusted, they pivoted, and adapted as quickly as they could. And I think that's just a true testament to um, you know B two B marketers and the clients that we work with uh, that they are adaptable and you know ready to do whatever it takes to make things
0: happen. I I'm reminded of. Uh, a fact, uh, a story that I read near the beginning of, of the, the first lockdown about Isaac Newton actually uh, having to stay home from college for like a year because of a similar situation. And it was during that time that he pretty much uh, discovered gravity and also invented calculus. And so there's this <laughs> I was telling my kids that I was like, no pressure, but you know, while you're home from school. You could be working on making the world a better place. Um, but there is, you know, we're not all quite at that at that insightful genius level uh, of, of someone like Sir Isaac Newton. But I do think that we have a greater sense of our opportunities to make the world a better place or to innovate uh, or to change our own lives and the lives of those around us for the positive. Um what kind of evidence do you see of a greater desire, you know, across the market or even across society for people to, to band together and to, to help the world at large?
1: Well, you see it kind of every day in the, in the stories in terms of the news, in terms of where folks are are just stepping up to help. Um, some Some folks have been severely impacted by this pandemic and everyone wants to step in and help where they can there's definitely this desire for everyone to, you know, band together and and work together, politics aside, Um, you know, and I think for folks that have been on the hamster wheel of a career, uh, they've had the opportunity to take a pause and say, you know, I want to make sure that uh, what I do in my day-to-day work is making me feel good, is making a difference. You know, there's been studies that say, you know, why folks choose a career or or their next job is going to change as a result of this. And uh, that's just, that's, I think, pretty good in the long run is that folks will come together and and have a renewed sense of purpose uh, coming out of this. And we, you know, we have the privilege at Godfrey of working with some amazing companies, these industrial manufacturers that really don't always have the opportunity to have their stories told or to, to get credit for what they're doing in terms of making the world a better place. Um, but we're seeing it every day on the news. Um, you know, we have clients that are helping in the manufacturing, storing, distributing um, of the vaccines, um, or you know, even early on, uh, making sure that the toilet paper. Um, supply was restocked. Um, So, you know, we see those stories and we got the opportunity to, to learn about those stories way before this pandemic. And it's just kind of um, really great to see uh, more of that, more of those stories being told.
0: Well, I I know that uh, I think you may have even coined the phrase uh, years ago at Godfrey uh, that we had a culture of curiosity And that is something that I've seen really take hold because when you see major changes in the world around you, you mentioned, uh, you know, things like toilet paper, paper products, you're at the grocery store and you see bare shelves, like seriously cleaned out shelves. Um, People with with small children have questions to answer. Oh, why couldn't they get it here? Don't the trucks bring it? And all of a sudden you're you're moving into this entire idea of. How something gets mined, manufactured, packaged, uh, distributed, you know, all of the different things as part of that chain, part of that supply chain. I think it's been interesting that that has become the equivalent of uh, of cocktail conversation in 2020. People are so much more, um, there's so much more tuned in to everything it takes. For them to get the the products and the just the everyday items that they use, and I I, I do feel like there's this new uh, renewed respect for the connectedness of everything, the fact that there are are humans who are doing those things, and there are systems in place that can be affected by the other systems, uh, and by the other people, and so as we have to make these shifts, we see these we see these things uh, get delayed. Sometimes we see them break down, and then we get to see the problem solving occur and we get to see new ways of of things happening. So it's, it's been exciting. It's been frustrating, uh, but it's really stoked that curiosity. And, and I I do like that because um, yeah, it's something that, that we've discovered I I think as a group in B2B marketing uh, and, and have, have built a lot of our internal discussion around that.
1: Definitely. Um, It does make it easier, as you said, for cocktail conversations when we're able to do those again to explain you know, what we do in B2B marketing and the importance um, that these industrial manufacturers make in the world. I mean, they're behind the scenes, but, you know, like you said, the connectedness of everything, they're the ones that are, you know, the engine that that drives it all. And um, we're we're grateful for the work they do. And we feel very uh, privileged and honored to be able to help them.
0: This is going to make it a lot easier to explain to relatives what exactly I do at my job. So... (laughs) It's been helpful in that sense yeah yeah uh that's wonderful um you know, one one last question for you uh what is what is the most innovative thing that you've seen or one of the most innovative things that you've seen coming out of this experience
1: well i think if you think about innovation in terms of what's been helpful or not just you know new and shiny um there have been several um things that have I have found beneficial, and that is you know, business leaders coming together to talk through what they were doing to get through things. So you know, we belong to Worldwide Partners, which is a consortium of agencies all over the globe. And you know, we would really get an opportunity to talk to those agencies maybe once or twice a year at an annual conference. And they would bring us together through these virtual meetings to just talk through um, the issues we were having, some solutions that we were putting in place. And kind of the same thing here at the local level, you know, our local chamber really brought together a lot of businesses to, to see how we could work together to get through. So for me, the innovation was really around bringing together people, um, even in a remote way, to, to solve problems together.
0: Stacey, thanks so much for coming on today and talking with us about your insights and outlook from your unique perspective. Where could people go to find out a little bit more or to, uh, to engage with more of this kind of information?
1: Uh, well, I don't think it's out quite yet, uh, but we will be releasing a guide that is all about marketing in complex industries. So I would say um, check out our website, sign up for our e-news so that you can be on alert to get that when that comes out and uh, also check out our blog. Uh, we have some really great contributors that are adding content there on a pretty regular basis, and that's at godfrey.com insights.
0: That's perfect. Okay, thank you very much, and uh, I appreciate your time today.
1: It's been great. Nice chatting with you, Scott.
0: Marketing to Complex Industries has been presented by Godfrey, a B2B marketing agency for industries like yours. Godfrey is built for technical products, discerning buyers, and intricate buying cycles. For more information, visit us at godfrey.com.